welcome to Stylist Soul Tribe Conversations. I'm your host, Lisa Huff. Over the last five years, I've coached hundreds of hairstylists and beauty industry professionals, helping them work their dream schedules exclusively with their dream clientele and earn their dream income, all while fostering genuine connections and lifelong friendships inside the beauty industry. In this podcast, we dive deep into abundance, manifestation, business building strategies, and creating a life that you are truly proud of, both behind the chair and at home. Are you ready to embark on a journey of personal growth, success, and sisterhood? Then hit that subscribe button now and get ready to experience the pure magic of Stylist Soul Tribe Conversations. Hi, friends. Welcome back to Stylist Soul Tribe Conversations. I am chatting today with my friend Jessica Hanley. Jess is a hairdresser turned bookkeeper. She created her company, The Stylist Keeper, out of her love for numbers and helping other beauty professionals grow their businesses. She handles the numbers so that you can handle the hair. Such a cute tagline. Jess, hello. How are you doing today, friend? Good. How are you? I am so good. We were obviously just chatting before we got on here for just a brief second. Jess was a little bit nervous before this podcast. Have you ever been on a podcast before? Never. This is my first podcast okay. ever. Podcast, I still get nervous. One, to record my own. Definitely get nervous to get on other people's. But like thinking back, my very first podcast was The Thriving Stylist back in 2018. I was like... <laughs> sick to my stomach nervous uh getting on that podcast so you're gonna be totally great Jess has been a friend of mine for years I am really proud of you for coming on I'm gonna uh, open off the gate with the creeping Tom uh (laughs) conversation because I just think it's only appropriate and I know our friends that get that joke are gonna be really proud to see you on here as well um so Jess and I met back in 2021 2020 no it's before pandemic Was it pre-pandemic? God, I lose track of time. Okay, let's say say 2018, 2019. Was that Elite? Yeah. Oh, I lose track of time. Okay, we met through Thrivers Elite. Same way I met Kristen, who's been on, Angie, who's been on. We had a group of girlfriends that got connected through Thrivers Elite and and stayed really close. And then we've had, you know, a couple trips where we've stayed together, which just solidifies friendships and things like that. But there's a funny story that we all joke about. When we first got connected, Jess and I, I mean, I guess we've known each other like in passing, but when we really got to know each other deeply, we started a Marco Polo conversation for just people who were kind of interested in like education, starting a passion project, doing different things. And it was, make sure I'm not forgetting anybody, me, Kristen, Angie, Heather, Laurel, you? Yeah. Yeah. And like maybe there was a couple people who like came and went that weren't super serious, but like that was the staple group. And we all started this Marco Polo conversation and we were talking on there all the time. We were getting super connected, getting super deep, having really good conversations. And I actually kind of missed when you like came on. So I guess you tell the story a little bit as well of like how long were you in there and then how you just kind of like dropped in. We didn't even notice that you were the creeping Tom in the conversation. I honestly have no idea how long I was in it because I was terrified of Marco Polo. I like, like didn't know how it works. Yes. <laughs> like one day you were in the elite group and you're like, hey guys, I'm starting these Marco Polo groups. Uh-huh. Who wants to be where? And I was like, I don't know where I belong. I'll go yeah, here. I'll just click on it. And yeah. Then, right. Yeah. And then I got thrown into that group, but I didn't really know what it was or how to do it. And so one day I had practiced with my friends and I was like, okay, I got this. Oh God, like, I, I think you. I can do it. Yeah. And I just like clicked on a random one Uh and like Angie was talking about like 
crispy bacon and then like creeping toms and i was like this is my in i was like hi guys i'm the creeping speaking of creeping toms (laughs) yes that's so funny and it was just like the perfect intro but yes yes so long story short jess was in this conversation none of us realized she was in the conversation listening in and we were talking for a while i mean we weren't saying anything we wouldn't want to say but you just talk differently when you're in a private setting like that you know and jess came in we were like who are you but that and we be all it's like been the the joke and we all became such good friends after that and then we got together i guess that would have made it 2020 or 2021 yeah yeah was the thrivers live and it was post or it was like virtual because of the pandemic but we all got together in huntington beach and we had a little baby shower for jess because she was pregnant back then and so i say all of that i start with saying jess was a little bit nervous and i also want to say this is so outside of creeping tom's comfort zone to be on the podcast to be on camera to be sharing your message but i'm so proud of you and i'm so happy you're here because you're doing really big things and i have told you from day one like as soon as you're ready to you know continue to spread the word I want to talk about what you're doing so where should we begin I guess I I love to start with stories I guess tell me your story a little bit about like being in the hairdressing world getting into the industry and then we'll transition kind of into like the bookkeeping conversation how does that sound that sounds perfect okay so give us like start from whatever feels appropriate for you Well, I always knew that I was going to be a hairdresser from birth. I'm one of those girls. Okay. I was braiding everything in sight. I had my, there's a picture of me at three draping my grandpa with like a blanket. Oh, wow. You really were. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody else in my family is a hairdresser, but we're all artists. Okay. So I feel like that was just my, my medium. Uh And my parents were really supportive of me going to trade schools, but I actually in high school had friends who were more like four year school oriented. So I felt the pull to that too, but I kind of found the medium and I went to cosmetology school and city college at the same time and just did all of that. And in the end, I ended up with an associate of science and just walked away from, from that. Didn't really pursue business anymore. Um, yeah. wasn't really like my thing. Yeah. It doesn't um, hurt to have a degree I... under your belt though when you're young. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm very thankful because now it's just kind of a platform to grow from and I'm not mm-hmm. afraid to go back to school and, and yeah. learn because it's already kind of there. Love. And then I assisted for almost four years. It took me a long time to gain confidence mm-hmm. in knowing like exactly what to do behind the chair. So I was at a salon in San Francisco for a couple of years. And then me and my now husband migrated to San Diego. Awesome. And I ended up at a commission salon for mm-hmm. about seven years and loved it there. But then it kind of became obvious that it was time for me to do my own thing. Okay. So I went booth rent and right around that time, a friend introduced me to Brit Siva and mm-hmm. Thriver Society. Mm-hmm. So it was like the perfect catalyst yep. to just create huge success in that. Yep. So booth rental went really well. What I, year was that? Would you say? I believe it was. So I joined Thrivers in 2017. Okay. Spring 2017. Very similar time. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, there were a couple times of burnout Mm -hmm. while I was booth renting. And at some points I wanted to just throw in the towel, go work at Starbucks, like clock in, clock out, not have anything else on my plate. We've been there. Um, Right. Yeah. Yeah. And my mindset kind of turned into if I'm willing to give up everything, 
like what other risks am I willing to take? Yeah. And so I started to try to pursue something else. I didn't know mm-hmm. what it was going to be. Mm-hmm. I just knew that something else was out there for me. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of when Thrivers Elite started. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's a funny story too, because when she sent out the email, I had said, no, I don't think that's for me. Like, yeah. I don't think that I would provide any like advice. It was structured as like a mastermind format. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And it's like, what do I have to offer? Mm. I'm lost. I have no Mm -hmm. idea. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to my husband about it and he started asking me questions and I had already said like, no, I'm not going to do it. And then I started to like prove my point of like, well, yes, I need this. That's why you should. Yeah. (laughs) And he was like, why are are you telling me you're not? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I know. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of, I think it was just like the universe pulling me into like, no, you need to be there. Yeah. And so that's, I applied and got in. And And so you saying like you were getting burnt out, if you were willing to risk it all, like, so you didn't have clarity around what that next thing was. You were just kind of craving it. I think that happened to a lot of us that that experienced Mm -hmm. like really quick success. Not, I mean, it was a lot of hard work, but we did have a roadmap that was very intentional. And it was like, okay, well, if I can do this, then like, look at what people are doing out there. You quickly feel like you have a glass ceiling and you're like, I need something more. I need to challenge myself. That was so like fun and addicting that, that exactly. growth. I need to find that elsewhere. So when you joined elite, you didn't know what that was. And when would you say that like realization came? I call it big magic. Like when right. was that exact moment? I remember you sharing it with the group and I feel like I kind of know, but like, I wasn't obviously in your brain of like how that transpired. Right. It's really kind of a gray area for me as well, because I okay. sat on it, I'm going to say for at least three years. Wow. Um, it really took a long time for it to come to fruition. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew that I needed to take more education on mm-hmm. bookkeeping just in general mm-hmm. for my business. Okay. Um, I was introduced to an amazing CPA who mm-hmm. taught me how to categorize all of my expenses and okay. like where to put things, what I could write off, what I couldn't, and how to really like take advantage of the tax aspect of our business. Did that CPA connection just happen by chance? Like it was time to your taxes or did you seek that out? What was uh, that it landed in my lap because okay. my coworker at my salon started working with him and she's like, okay. he's great. He's ex IRS. He knows a lot. Like awesome. you should go see him. And I okay. was like, sign me up. Done. Yes. 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 Love that. So that was, yeah. I'm very thankful for those people who got placed in my life mm-hmm. um, to show me kind of those ropes. Cause there's a lot of avenues that you can pursue that just go to dead ends mm-hmm. in the business world. Mm-hmm. So and that becomes very him- empowering. I don't know if you considered yourself this, but I'm like, recovered from I used to always just like say I'm not a numbers person like that would just come out of my mouth it's kind of still the truth but I will not claim that anymore because once you you know the quote in order to know your numbers or to grow your numbers you need to know your numbers and I find it every time I learn a little bit about my numbers I find it super empowering and I want to learn more so I'm assuming that you kind of felt that as well so like what was the big changes that this guy presented to you and then when did that kind of transpire of like man if everybody just realized this it would make a lot of businesses a lot you know business owners lives a lot easier it was actually trial and error because Uh although I was sitting in front of him I didn't even know the answer like the questions to Mm -hmm. ask because I didn't know the answers I was looking for Mm -hmm. and so it was, you know, falling on my face, figuring things out mm-hmm. and going back to school and learning the right ways to do things mm-hmm. that allowed me to have the more advanced conversations with him. Okay. And then realizing that 
not everybody likes to do this mm-hmm. <laughs> and I actually enjoy it. Yeah. But also knowing that hairstylist behind the chair, even though I love doing the numbers, I still mm-hmm. was only doing my books like twice a year yeah. because you just can't sit down at a computer no. ever. You don't have no. time. No. And, and we have so many other that. things to do. And typically your creatives, typically yes. when your to-do list is 15 items long, that's always going to get pushed to the end because, you know, it just has to be done by tax time. Right. I really want to pause where you just said, I couldn't, I couldn't get answers because I didn't even know the questions to ask. That comes up in Soul Tribe conversations all the time. There's one person mm-hmm. specifically that I'm thinking of that was just asking and I won't say your name, but like the stylist that's listening to this, that is like, yes, I hate like, Money's also so like triggering for a lot of people because of family, you know, st- old money stories and things like that. There's like so much around that. I guess going peeling it all the way back to when you didn't even know the questions to ask if someone's listening to this outside of like we're going to talk about why bookkeeping is important, like what are the the what's the start of those questions to ask because it's such like a that's also probably why we avoid it because we leave just feeling stupid and we've all had those situations where we talk to uh, an accountant or a banker if we're trying to get approved for a loan or something where they just like dead face kind of look at you and they're like, no, like, what are you talking about? Or like, I know a lot of people have had situations where people in those positions make them feel bad about themselves. So like right. the stylist that's just like, I don't even know where to start. I avoid it all. Like, mm-hmm. what are some like ways to start to shine light and questions to ask or things to start to think about when they truly feel like they're just trying to pull stuff out of thin air? Right. That's a great question. Mm-hmm. And I I can't give you an exact answer, okay. but I would say personally, I'm, I wasn't looking at people who were in the financial industry. I would pursue people who have already done it in our industry. Mm. So like, I feel like I can provide information to my clients now because I did it. It's mm-hmm. not because I learned it, but it's because I applied for my business license. Mm. I became an LLC yeah. and through trial and error of all of that. So it's kind of just like building blocks, start yeah. small and Google. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Google a lot of it, but I think sticking with our industry and Mm -hmm. asking questions to people who have already done it within our industry is the easiest way to become familiar with it. Mm -hmm. And then when you start to kind of like grasp it, then you can create questions to go ask your CPA or just don't be afraid. Yeah. Well, I have two directions. I hope I don't lose one of them. So this was a conversation that happened inside his whole tribe group and Marco Polo. The one person was like super triggered by trying to meet with their CPA. Like, how do you guys meet with them regularly? Like, I don't even know what questions to ask. She was super worked up and super upset. And that's what the other girls were pouring into her. And they were like, that's like a client getting worked up saying like, I don't know how to ask my hairdresser what their formula is. Like, this is their language. Stop making that, like letting that make you feel dumb. I don't know why we all have this like complex around the numbers that really it can be really like I've experienced multiple people crying during soul tribe calls because numbers get brought up and they hate feeling incompetent and stupid around it Mm -hmm. so one I want to to remind people of that like that's like our clients getting upset that they don't know what developer to mix with their like it's not your area of expertise stop letting it upset you that's one there was another direction I wanted to go didn't forget it I'm glad to hear that so or I'm glad that I haven't uh, lost that. 
you say how you don't even know what questions like start with Google, start with curiosity, start with asking people in our industry. When you meet with somebody, what questions do you ask them? Like, how do you get a clear financial picture of someone's business? Like if you were someone were to hire you, like, where do you start understanding the basis? Because I think a lot of stylists, too, are like, oh, I need to like put on my CFO cap and like do those things. But like they don't even know what that is. They're like, oh, yeah, there's my bank account. Oh, yep, there's my tax bill. Like it is what it is. Like what questions do you ask to get a clear financial picture of people's businesses? Yeah. So it's simple. Are you a sole proprietor? Are you an LLC? Are you an S corp? And that gives me what type of account I'm going to use to do your bookkeeping. Okay. And then are you a renter? Do you own a salon? Do you own a suite? Where Mm -hmm. is your, like, are you gaining income from rental Uh, Mm -hmm. And then do you sell retail? Do you have a sales permit? Mm -hmm. And then where do you take your um, payments from? So like Mm -hmm. Square, Vagaro. And then how many bank accounts do you have? Mm -hmm. So checking credit cards, are they solely for your business only? Mm -hmm. Or are you intermingling? And if Mm -hmm. we're intermingling, we need to stop that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then... From there, I kind of just learn who they are. And it's it's actually a very simple process for bookkeeping. Okay. As long as I have all of that information, I can then gather your data mm-hmm. and I can see how much you're making. I can see mm-hmm. how much you're spending. And then I give you those reports. Love. Love. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, because that's why when you said like you just start Googling, but even that it's like, well, if I were to hire someone, what information do they need to know? So I'm going to I'm going to pretend like people listening to this podcast know like nothing just so that we can find somewhere someone anywhere they're at in the realm of their understanding. So you said S Corp, LLC and sole proprietor. Mm -hmm. What is your range? Like, obviously, Here's what I know about it. And then, I mean, I'd love to hear from what you've learned as well. Most people start out as a sole prop, sometimes a DBA. What I've been told, and I guess you correct me if I'm wrong, what I've been told by business professionals is once you get to the point, this is what my accounting team told me. Once you get to the point, like he said, you're married, you own a house, you have assets, you have things where if you ever got sued, even though our industry is kind of blurred because you are the person performing the service, it's a little bit of extra protection. But what he told me was you want to move to an LLC when you have like things to protect. So if you are like a single no, you know, you don't own a home, you don't have a ton of assets, it's probably safe to say you can stick with sole prop, correct? Or do you want to Mm -hmm. touch on sole prop anymore before we move on to like LLC? So the one thing that I was explained to from Mm -hmm. my CPA is yes, sole prop is totally fine. If you're just a single person doing Mm -hmm. your business. And yes, an LLC does protect you from Mm -hmm. all of those legal liabilities. However, in California, you have to pay $800 a year mm-hmm. to it's have your in LLC. Illinois too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so he said, basically it doesn't make sense until you're able to pay to play. Mm. And so when you are making enough money to where the $800 um, is worth the tax deduction, mm. then go for it. Okay. And mm-hmm. do you know roughly what that range is? That was hard to say. So when I was making 75,000 gross is when mm-hmm. they had the the conversation with me like, girl, you need to become an S-corp. There are a ton of LLC uh, or deductions. So it, it came together for me. Interesting. Okay. Yes. So I don't know 
I'm assuming you could do it at less okay. than that. Okay. But they said, if you're projecting to make more than 75,000 next year, you need to do this now. Wow. So that's when I just got on, on board and I put my big girl pants on and did okay, it. Okay. See, this is complex because obviously mm-hmm. Jess, you do this day in and day out. You've learned a lot, but that's really interesting because I would say when I was making, I don't know, maybe 50 K, I was definitely mm-hmm. like, okay, I wouldn't need to be LLC. I was told by many people, once you hit like the six figures gross mark, that's when you should consider moving to an S corp. I don't know if it's because I pay a lot of money for my bookkeeping. And like when I moved to an S corp, they calculated all the bills of everything they'd be doing for me. And so they, I, I was well over six figures before it made sense for me. So that's wild to hear that it's 75 gross. That was when it was the right move. So again, this comes back to your clients don't need to know what developer you're using. Like, don't let it trigger you. Don't let it get you upset. Like, you may hear two different things from two different people, but like people do go to school for a reason to learn these things. And it's not going to be a one size fits all approach. So yeah, obviously, our licensing options is sole prop. LLC gives you a little bit more protection. And then S Corp in my, well, from what I've been told as well, it's not necessarily as much about protection. And again, I want to go back to LLC real quick from what I've learned. When I say protection, say I uh, hurt somebody in the salon, I burned their scalp or something like that. Um, there's a layer of protection that re- removes my business from me personally. So like Ryan's income, my husband's income isn't going to be affected. Our house isn't going to get taken away. Like it pulls my business. It can drain my business dry if something like that were to happen. Um, And then obviously we have the conversation of insurance and all that. We're not, you know, legal, you know, advisors by any means, but that was my understanding. And then moving into S Corp, I was told also it's very much about tax benefits from there. Yes, Once you hit a certain li- income bracket, it gives you mm-hmm. tax benefits the retirement becomes different the payroll becomes different the accounting becomes different anyway okay sorry we kind of went on a tangent for that but i also just feel like these are things that are talked about and i know before i had my llc and before i had my s corp i always thought like i hear everybody talking about it like when when is it my time when am i supposed to do that and it's just kind of like it feels so like mystic and unknown until you like hear more people talk about it and learn it and go through it yourself okay i have a, actually a good point about that too I- is if you're unsure, start with a bookkeeper mm-hmm. and I will have your numbers and mm. have your reports ready. So mm-hmm. when a CPA is meeting with you, you have the numbers right there mm-hmm. and then they can say, yes, absolutely, you're ready or mm. no, you're not because yes. you're already organized in in a professional manner. So good kind of tangent into the next thing. Can you explain what is the difference between a bookkeeper? What is the difference between a CPA, accountant, all the, you know, financial advisor, all these different names and things that we hear and we don't know who we're supposed to reach out to? Right. And they're all scary. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Even I still like trying to work with a financial advisor. I'm like, how much is this going to cost me? Yeah. Like, what am I looking into? Uh-huh. So CPA is a licensed accountant. Okay. Um, they went to take a test and they are the be all end all. They know all of it and they can also do taxes. You can also have a person who just does taxes, who sat for the the tax test mm-hmm. and can now Whatever that licensing is. Yeah. Yes. And then a bookkeeper is specifically works under everybody else. They're kind of like the data analyst. Mm. So they collect all the data and they make the report and then they give that to the CPA. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay. And I didn't get a bookkeeper until like my CPA referred to that. So this is where mm -hmm. you've kind of bridged that gap. I guess tell me like if somebody were like, okay, I don't have any of these things, maybe a good bookkeeper is a good place to start. Like what would that look like? How do they bring someone like you on? Or if it's not you, what are they looking for to add a bookkeeper into like their repertoire? Right. And it's interesting too, because even though I was working with an amazing CPA who was mm -hmm. telling me everything, he never told me to go get a bookkeeper. I mm. was doing my own books and I don't even know if he, he knew to ask the question, like, are you doing mm -hmm. this correctly? Mm. And then when I couldn't really figure out how my books weren't aligning, mm. I finally inquired about bookkeeping services with the mm. CPA. And then she charged me hourly and I was like, oh God, how much is this going to cost? Mm -hmm. And it was, it was just a, a scary road to go down, yeah. but I learned a lot through that. What I would recommend for stylists looking for bookkeepers, honestly, anybody who understands our industry mm -hmm. specifically knows how to very... categorize things like that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That is one thing that I did learn from doing my bookkeeping courses mm -hmm. is I kind of found a thriver society of bookkeeping. So they mm -hmm. teach you bookkeeping, but then also teach you how to run a business. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the information that they were giving us of what the client needs and what mm -hmm. they would love to see is analytics and reports, mm -hmm. but that's nothing that our industry really needs. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and then they also said like the barrier to entry, because we provide all of these amazing reports and like projections for your business, it's going to be $350 a month. Mm. And that's just something that's unattainable for us, yeah. especially when we're not using half of the information mm -hmm. that they're providing. Mm -hmm. So that's really where I kind of sit in a niche for us. Yeah. And I know that my prices are $197 a month. Amazing. That's something that I would have paid not even thinking about it as a booth mm -hmm. renter, knowing mm -hmm. that I have everything that I need from a person who understands my business. Love that. Love that. Mm -hmm. You put in the talking points and I want to highlight this and, and bring it up. If a stylist is just starting their business or if they're in debt, like you said, that's a common misconception. That's when they think, oh, I who, who am I to get in a position to bring something like this on? And you said that's actually probably the best time, too. So, like, mm -hmm. hi, go a little deeper on that. Yeah. So one specific client, he was using Square as like his personal bank account. Mm -hmm. So he would get the money from his services and then he had a charge card and he was just charging, mm. you know, McDonald's and all mm. of these things. And then he was taking Square loans and mm -hmm. it was just kind of like, like lumping on top of each other. And to have clarity, I come in with zero judgment whatsoever. Yeah. Like yeah. We're, we're all just trying to, to build amazing businesses yeah. and we love doing hair. So we just took it step by step. And I said, start with a business account, mm. bring your square income into a business account, yep. stop using it personally, stop taking loans out. And let's just mm -hmm. start from scratch and work from there. And he's already out of debt. Oh, I love that. And it's been a year. That's amazing. And mm -hmm. and for him, I mean, you probably could see like you're and I feel like this happens so much in our industry, especially probably the people who are listening to this, the people in Soul Tribe, like it, you're making good money. Like yeah. our industry, you can bring in really good money. And we like look at I just saw I had a YouTube video come up this morning while I was getting ready about just like median incomes per age and like average incomes per age. Like 
we are making good money. And we look at these numbers and we're like, why the hell do I feel like I'm barely scraping by? Like, I, I mm-hmm. hear that people are making way less than what I'm making. Like, why do I feel like, you know, I, I still can't get a hang of this. And it's just about the organization of it. And so I'm sure that guy, like his income probably didn't change much. It's just these right. behaviors of let's just get organized. And he didn't know any better. That's the thing. I went to school for and ended up being a year and a half. It was 1500 hours in Illinois. And like, they give you a cosmetology license. We have the right to just go out and do this. Do we ever taught us to do yes. it differently? Like I got, I got an LLC. Now I have an escort. I've still had nobody other than like, it's not like it's a legal thing. Like, it's not like the bank's like, oh, you can't charge a personal thing. It's not like it will decline. Like we just right. are able to do whatever the hell we want. And then we're all like, oh, I hope I'm not committing tax fraud. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. And and how to do that. So I'm glad that you even touched on that because again, it's like, where do you even start in this big conversation? But that's another thing. If, if stylists are listening to this, if you're intermixing business and personal, that would be probably step one. Is there any other things you can think of like that, that you notice again, with no judgment, you come in, you notice a lot of people are doing that. You're like, you got to stop this instantly or add this in or little tidbits that somebody in the beginning stages is sometimes experiencing. A lot of the times we don't know how much we're actually spending on supplies. Mm. And so when you are forced to see every single transaction that you spent in the month and you spent $2,000 on supplies Mm -hmm. when you should have spent like 900, Mm -hmm. you kind of realize, okay, next month, I don't need to make that extra color order Mm -hmm. or just like start to grab the curling iron that's on sale while you're standing in line. Yes. Whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So monthly reports on that really help. The Mm -hmm. one thing that may be confusing to people, bookkeeping is what happens after you've done the transactions Mm -hmm. and then forecasting like financial advisement is what Mm -hmm. happens moving forward. Mm -hmm. So I can always tell you what you did the last month and then Mm -hmm. you can project and decide what you want to do the the month next. Do you do any forecasting for your clients or no? No, I feel like that's a whole nother realm. Like if you're good at hair, you stick to hair. If you're good yes. at makeup, you stick to makeup. Yeah. Right. Yep. It's it's like they kind of intermix, but that's not what you do. So that right. makes mm-hmm. that makes perfect sense. What are some reports that you are running like regularly or that stylists should be keeping an eye on regularly in their business? Like what numbers would you say are like the key? Make sure you're paying attention to these. So the golden report, the number one thing is the profit and loss. Mm-hmm. So you have your income, you have your expenses, and you mm-hmm. have what you have at at the end of the day. Yeah, either and that's there's the some one left over, really- there's not, yeah. or you know how much, yeah. yeah. But then within the profit and loss, there's a section of your expenses, mm-hmm. and that categorizes everything from advertising and marketing, rent, supplies, insurance, all of those things. And so you can see an itemized list mm-hmm. of those numbers and you can kind of just like, that's where you almost reverse budget. Say, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love that. That makes a lot of sense. Cool. You also put in the talking points for this, that like your goal isn't to teach anything. You want to do right. the work for stylists and support them in their business, highlight the good, the bad, and what needs work. So if somebody wanted to work with you, obviously we'll have all that in the show notes. Like what, how do they reach out to you? And then what are like the first few steps if they're a little nervous? Like what would that look like for them? So I have everything on my website, mm-hmm. uh, thestylistkeeper.com. Mm-hmm. And I just have an inquiry that you can apply to work with me. And I'll just have a one-on-one conversation with you, kind of where mm-hmm. you're sitting and what you're looking to have done. The mm-hmm. one thing I will say, I 
my favorite person to work with is somebody who's independent, one one man show, maybe a suite or a small <laughs> salon. Once you get into like a bigger salon, I actually have a great relationship with Michelle Cook, the mm-hmm. CPA who specifically mm-hmm. works with hairdressers. And once you get a little bit bigger, you have multiple locations or like a ton of retail. Um, I know I we've even talked like my business. Work. I have different streams exactly. of income. You're like, that's too mm-hmm. complex. save that to a CPA. Yeah, exactly. So I'm really for that person who has no idea what to do, where to start. Mm -hmm. And I'm affordable and hopefully just comforting to come work work with. Because you get it and you've been there. And like you said, there's no judgment. And then Mm -hmm. if they start working with you, how often are they touching in with you? How are you getting that information? What does that like relationship look like? Yeah. So monthly I send out uh, an email just giving um, Mm -hmm. and how much uh, potentially you can pay yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, And then throughout the month, I'm also just open through text, email, whatever Mm -hmm. questions you have. Right. Love it. Love it. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Anything else you want to go over today? I feel like that was most of my talking points. I I mean, we went a few different directions, but I feel like that's a ton of clarity. Any other message you feel like called to, to share? No, I think we got it. Okay, good. I feel good about that too. Thank you so much, Jess. Like I said, I will have all of Jess's information in the show notes. You can find her on Instagram. You said inquiring through your website is the best way to start that process with you. Yep. Thank you so much, friend. It was so good having Tom on the podcast, (laughs) showing your face, hearing your voice and spreading your message with everyone. And I know I've said it, but like, I'm so proud of you that this is, you know, kicking and going. And it was cool to see, even if it was an idea a long time ago, how you've grown it, how you've evolved it and how you continue showing up and having those bursts of inspiration. And like, you're not, I mean, you've been doing this for a while now, like, and you have, I mean, it's really been cool to watch it from, from day one. So I'm proud of you. Thank you. Ditto. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Stylist Soul Tribe Conversations. Before we wrap up, I've got some exciting news to share. My brand new course, Mindset to Magic, is finally here. This isn't just any course. It's a proven roadmap for transformation, combining personal development with explosive business growth. Through the seven transformative pillars from embracing an abundance mindset to unlocking big magic in your life, we'll journey together towards your wildest dreams. If you've been enjoying this podcast, you are going to love this course. Click the link to the show notes and I cannot wait to welcome you into Mindset to Magic.